But I believe that the church, the global church, the ecclesia is arising on a time of incredible revival and resources. I believe that the end times church will be a restoration of what it began with. Do you know that hospitals, do you know things like Salvation Army, do you know that they came out of the church? I believe that the church has sat on pews for far too long and it's now time that God is going to release resources for the church, for the ecclesia to arise, that people won't look to government, they'll look to the body of Christ, that people won't look to counselors, they'll look to the great counselor. I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming, and I believe God's setting it up. But see, there's a mentality and a mindset that has to change in the body of Christ that we realize, man, we are blessed, and you are as blessed as you think you are. As a man thinks, the Bible says, Proverbs 28, as a man thinks, so is he, right? Some of us, we don't, we don't be a blessing to people simply because we think we broke. And the truth is, if you would learn to become a blessing, you'll find out you ain't broke at all you got to understand that what I have is resources, but what he has is the source. Let me teach for a moment. Do you understand that anything that comes from seed, like apples and, and, and um, grapefruit, and, and, and any of that is a seed? Understand this, though, that that seed becomes a fruit, but inside that fruit is another seed. Do you hear what I'm saying? Watch this. So the seed becomes source. But then the source becomes resource, and the resource becomes source. Do you hear what I'm teaching you? So what we have to understand is that when, when there is seed in us, that we, we, we become the seed of, of God in the earth, that from us flows resources. See, it's not mine to give, it's his to give. The seed gets it from the original seed. He plants in us faith. He plants in us a measure of goodness, and then we resource it. See, a lot of us, where we get messed up is we think we're the source. The reason why we move tight-fisted is because we think we're the source. Listen, I'm not the source. He is. God's will, God's bill. That's why I'm saying four and a half million coming now, coming now, coming now in Jesus' name. We're going to build that building, and I believe we're going to build it debt-free. You know, some people just be like, well, I don't know what's happening with the, with the, um, with the building fund. And we'll talk more about that. Nothing wrong happening. I'll tell you what's happening. I believe God is aligning things. Because one thing I have not felt prompted to is to go sit down and sign paperwork with a bank. Call me crazy, but I got this reason to believe that God who can do Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power that's at work within us. I'm just believing God for an Ephesians 3.20. I just believe that everything he wants to do, he's going to make it happen. And so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm very excited about what God is doing. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you this morning, uh, before I give you my sermon title, uh, it's not going to be a series. Originally, I know I talked about it like it was going to be a series, but I felt led to come in. I'm going to deal with this one word. And um, I believe today that if you'll be open to the Spirit of God, if you'll receive conviction where conviction is needed, that God will move you forward into some exponential, incredible opportunity that I believe is just ahead of you, just ahead of you. Um, weekly around my house when we are getting ready to go somewhere there's a military command that's constantly shouted out 
like, I don't know if y'all got kids, like I got kids, but like TVs and tablets, right? They're like, they come with, they come with cords on them and your kids are like, and so like when we're getting ready to go somewhere, I got to, Hey, Hey, cut it off. Cut the TV off. Hey, cut the tablet off. Hey, cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. I run around, and then finally it's like, cut it off. Cut off the TV. And finally the TV's cut off and, and we move on to wherever we're going. But see, when I'm trying to get them ready to go somewhere, I'm telling them, hey, cut it off. There's something that's distracting you. There's something that has your attention. There is something that's stopping you. See, you are fixed here, but I, I, I believe we need to go here. And so I wonder how many times just this past month that God's been desiring to take you somewhere and he's had to come through the house of your heart and say things like, hey, cut it off. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about cut it off. Turn to somebody around you and tell them, cut it off. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. Stand with me for the reverence of reading God's word all over this house. We're going to Matthew chapter 5. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 29. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 29. Whoo. Man, ooh. Mm -mm -mm. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. Throw it away. Because it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Next verse. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. And throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. Father, we come before you this morning. We ask for the anointing of cutting in this house this morning. God, that things that need to be severed would suddenly be severed. Things that have bound us, hindered us, held us, God, would be cut by the sword of your spirit, which is the word of God. God, we speak the word into this room this morning. God, as the tentacles of the enemy, God, have strangled so many under the sound of my voice that the sword of the Spirit, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, would divide the soul from the Spirit, the bone from the marrow, that it would sever, that it would sever, that it would cut it off, God, everything that needs to be cut off, that your people may move forward in freedom. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Turn to two more people. Tell them, cut it off. Tell them, cut it off. You may be seated all over the house. <clears throat> they were not talking about my microphone. Do, don't do that. <laughs> Today marks the start of Rosh Hashanah. And 
for some of you that may be like you think I'm speaking in tongues and you're praying for interpretation, it is uh, the translated Jewish New Year. As ours is in January, the word Rosh Hashanah literally means head of the year. In other words, it's the beginning of something. It's the new of something. And here's what I know, that God still strategically moves in accordance to his calendars. That God set things in place since the foundations of the earth. They are patterns that even uh, from the heavens that, that determine and, di- and dictate what things happen next. Do you know that even in the pattern, the pattern of Passover, Moses is leading the people out. The death angel passes over, but everyone that had the blood of the lamb from the hyssop branch put on the door. The Bible says the death angel passed over. Do you know that Jesus, when he comes in on the donkey, on, on, the, on his week of passion, and he, and he is slain, the lamb of God was slain. Do you know that was in the exact accordance to the time of Passover? You can't make this stuff up. It was a prophetic calendar and picture of what was to come. That what one lamb did in one day delivered a whole nation. This lamb, the spotless lamb, would be once and for all that we, the children of God that are in bondage and slavery, can be set free forever because he who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so we find that God moves in accordance to his calendar. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even, I knew, you know, Rosh Hashanah in the month of September, blah. I wasn't even studying. But this morning, just this morning, as I was studying, preparing, I, I discovered, I was like, oh my gosh, today starts Rosh Hashanah. And now I know, now I know why God was like, you got to preach this message now because it's the reason why Selfie had to end because God said, listen, before the last Sunday of September, you need to release this word. And I never even took into the correlation that it's, that it's Rosh Hashanah, that's the Jewish New Year. That, and, and I believe this, and I want to prophetically speak this over your lives. I believe God is wanting to do something new in you and through you and for you. Come on, there's some of you, you've been saying, I've been here too long. I've been bound in this place too long. Depression has become my friend. Anxiety has become my, my dinner partner. I am tired of being here. And I believe God. God is about to move in our lives. Amen. I believe God is about to do something new. I'm not a hype preacher. I'm not going to tell you something unless the Lord told me. But I truly believe that we are on a prophetic moment of the church. I feel something deep in my spirit that God is desiring to do. And we have to get in position. We have to ready ourselves. We have to be ready. We got to be ready. We got to be ready. And so... I believe God is wanting to do something new, but there's also things that while God is wanting to do, there's some things that God needs to undo. Do you hear what I'm saying? See, there are some things that we must realize about sin. Failure to cut it off will cut us off from him. Let's talk about it. This is the moment where y'all just turned into the Methodist church and we get real quiet. God bless our Methodists. We are an interdenominational church, so you're welcome here. I'm not knocking you. But we need to understand that there comes a point where the finger of God falls on sin in our life and he's saying, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. And if we don't cut it off, it will cut us off from him. Isaiah 59.2 confirms what I'm saying. Isaiah 59.2 
says, but your iniquities, your sins have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Don't worry, we're not here for applause today. There comes a time that when God's finger falls on sin in our life, if we don't deal with it, we'll begin to see the effects of it. And now all of a sudden a God that spoke so vibrantly in one season seems to have gone silent. And do we understand that the moments that we feel like when we pray and God does not hear us, maybe he doesn't. See, I believe that there is a place in our life that we can, we can pray and we can pray amiss because God said, no, I told you to cut that off. I told you to deal with that. You refused to deal with it. So now I ain't listening to you until you cry out to me and tell me, hey, forgive me for what I've done. I will hear a prayer of repentance, but I will not, not give you any kind of other permission. You can come to me and you can cry out to me for me to deliver you, but I won't continue blessing you when you're out doing what I told you not to do. Do you hear what I'm saying and so in in reality we have to realize that there comes a time that sin separates us from God there are things that God wants cut off and as long as we continue in them they will keep us from him and then what happens is we become people of motion We lift our hands in worship, but we don't feel anything. We sing the songs, but we just feel like they're hitting the room. Do you hear what I'm saying? We bend our knees in prayer, but he is not there to meet with us. We call out to him, and he seems as though he is distant. Can I tell you that there comes a time where God says, in order for you to move forward, you have to cut loose of the things that I have told you to cut loose of. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. See, the powerful concept is that Jesus says it would be better to go to heaven with one hand or one eye than to go to hell with all of it. Think about that for a second. Jesus is not one uh, of mutilation. Turn me off on this. Whatever you just changed, change it back, please. Jesus is not one of mutilation. He's not going to tell us to cut our hands off. It's not a literal, but I believe that he's saying it with as much emphasis and extreme so that you understand how serious he is about it. That if your eye causes you to sin, pluck and remove it. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off because it would be better for you to go to heaven with one eye and one hand than it would be to go to hell with all of it. Let me ask you this morning, what needs plucked from your life? What needs cut off from your life? What are you holding on to that he said, I told you to get rid of it? See, the powerful concept is, though, that he says it would be better for us to go one-handed, one-eyed, than to have it all and go to hell. See, I love it. He says, cut it off. The truth is, is a lot of us got a lot of it. We can name it. Maybe your it is addiction. Maybe your it is is a relationship. Maybe your it is a grudge. Maybe your it is gossiping. Maybe your it is a secret sin. Maybe your it is something uh, that we that you too hate and and can't seem to get free from. So I find confidence that when I've got it, that guys like the apostle Paul said, "Why is it the things that I 
want to do and the things I should be doing, I, 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 I can't seem to do. But that which I don't want to do, I find myself doing. See, there comes a time where we realize that it is stopping us from all of him. There comes a time in our walk that God puts his finger on it and says, for you can either have it or me, but you can't have both. Can we talk about the sanctification? Can we talk about holiness is still God's standard? And I believe wholeheartedly that the church is at a moment. The church, when I say the church, I'm not talking Dominion Church. I'm talking the global church. I believe. Here's the incredible thing. Rosh Hashanah, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I believe... And I'll be as bold to say this. I believe God is giving us a three-day window. I believe you got three days. Let me encourage you. You got three days, and a lot can happen in three days. Friday, he was crying. My father, why aren't you forgiving me? Or why why have you forgotten me? Here I am, abandoned, bruised, beaten. Saturday, the the soldiers watched his tomb marching back and forth. They, They stood there. The stone was in the way. But Sunday... Three days later, something changed, something shifted, something broke, something that was buried came alive. Do you hear what I'm saying? Carrying keys of death, hell, and the grave. So I believe a lot could happen in three days. And as I was in prayer of this message, I really felt the Lord tell me that during this time, this transitional time, this time of stepping into a a, a prophetic new year, I believe that from today till Tuesday, there are things that got to be cut off. See, there comes a time in our walk that God says, you can have it or you can have me, but you can't have both. I don't know what your it is this morning, but I'm confident in this. We all have some it. Psalms 37 and verse 9 says, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. I want you to catch this. Either you cut it off or it cuts you off. Do you hear what what the Word of God is saying this morning? Whatever you're dealing with, whatever it is, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe it's it's pornography at midnight, sneaking into, you know, a room and, and indulging. I don't know what it is. It doesn't necessarily matter, but what does matter is the finger of God on it and Him speaking to you and telling you it has got to be cut off. If you don't cut it off, it will cut you off. And this thing will go on without you. My church, the movement, the revival, it will go on without you. I want you to be a part of it. I've got a plan for you. I've got a, I've got a dream of your life and what it looks like, but it has got to be cut off. Here's the, many, here's the problem, though. Many of us have prayed for it to be taken, to be removed, to be destroyed. But the truth is, is God hates it, and so do you. Come on, let's talk about it. There's some of us that we've got some it in this room that we hate it. We hate it. I know people, they smoke. I hate it. I hate smoking. I know people that that, that have a pornography addiction. They're like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Let me encourage you that it is a process of sanctification. That when I got saved, my mouth wasn't as as holy as some of y'all's was. Can we talk about it? There were still things I said. There were still things I did. There were still places I went. But I believe that there comes a time where God says, okay, now we got to deal with it. 
Watch, I'm going to show you in the Word. I'm going to show you in the Word. Hold on. I believe this is what we need to understand for those of you that say, man, I hate it, but it's still here. Because many times the reason why it stays in our life is because we want it to be painless. <laughs> we want a painless process of removing it. Do you understand? He said, cut it off. There is nothing pain-free about cutting your hand off. There's nothing pain-free about ripping your eyeball out. There's no Do you hear what I'm teaching this morning? We want it, but we want it pain-free. We want it without process. We want to come out of addiction without withdrawals. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of y'all been waiting to get free from pills, and the reason why you won't is because you're like, I've been praying. God, just take it away from me. I just can't deal with the withdrawals. Maybe he'll make you walk through the withdrawals so the next time you think about doing it again, you say, I ain't going through that again. He'll make it a pain. He'll put in a scar in your life for you to say, I can't ever do that again. See, we want it, but we want it pain free. Maybe we want to quit gossiping, but we won't do it because we're afraid somebody will gossip about us. We want it pain free. See, we want to quit the relationship, but we don't want the breakup. I don't know what it is this morning, but I'm confident of this, that every single one of us has some it in our life. You want to understand that Jesus had to die. Catch this. Jesus had to die for sin to be destroyed. Here's the incredible part. It was not pain-free. Do you understand that? See, we want the process. We want the salvation but we don't want the sacrifice. Ah, hear me. We want the cleansing, but we don't want the beating that it takes beforehand. We want the renewal, but we, 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 don't want, we don't want everything else that comes along with it because we're a people of ease and we just want to get through it and it's okay and I don't want no mess and I don't want no problems. But understand something. For it to go, often something has to die. Many times it's us that has to die. Jesus said, nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus died long before the cross. Hey, I said Jesus died long before the cross. He's in the garden and he died to any of his own will. Jesus said, Father, Father, if this cup can pass from me, let it. But nonetheless, not my will, but your will be done. It was the moment there that any will, testament, and plan of Jesus himself died to the will of the Father. Jesus is clear. Gouge out your eye. Cut off your hand. Can I tell you that neither one of them sound like a good time? What y'all doing today? Oh, we're just cutting our hands off. We're going to rip our eyeballs out. It doesn't sound like a good time, bro. Sounds very painful. But see, I believe that Jesus said, listen, you got to understand the severity of it that if you don't, you could have it, but you can't have him. Amen. See, and I believe the finger of God is in this house even right now that that's what he's saying. He's saying it or me, it or me, it or me, you choose. 
but you're not going to be able to have both. There are things that the Holy Spirit, even while I'm teaching and talking to you right now, is highlighting. Things maybe some of you have forgotten about. Now the spirit of conviction is dealing with you and you're saying, man, I've, I've got to get rid of it. I've got to drop it. I can't stay here and have it and have him. You do understand, though. You can keep your hand, but you go to hell with it. You do understand, though. You can keep your eye, but you go to hell with it. Jesus said, for it would be better for you to gouge it, to cut it, and come to heaven with one hand, one eye, than it would be for you to keep it. What is your hand? Your hand is something that you touch. I don't know. I don't know what your it is this morning, but I would challenge you to ask you, where are your hands? What are you touching? What are you touching? What are you picking up? What are you putting in you? What are you doing with your hands? If you look at your hands, there's a lot of sins that can happen with your hands. But who can ascend to the hill of the Lord but him with clean hands, a, a, a clean hands and a pure heart? See, there's something significant about our hands. He said, if your hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. What is your eye? You do understand that it's your eye that you see with. So let me ask you this this morning. What are you seeing? What are you looking at? In this chapter of Matthew 5, Jesus is dealing in the case of adultery, and he says, for you've heard it of the old that you shouldn't commit adultery. But I tell you that a man that looks after, his, after a woman with lust in his eyes has committed adultery in his heart. Whoa. Whoa. And so we have to realize that there is a severity of, uh, 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 and conviction that comes with this word. But here's the reason why. Because God wants to do something with you and there are things that are entangling you. Here, let me show you. I want to take you to Joshua chapter 5. And understand this. So Joshua has taken rule. He's taken charge. Moses is dead. Now, now Joshua is about to lead the people in. But before they go in, there's something that's got to come off. Watch, watch, watch. Joshua chapter 5, verse 2. And we're going to read all the way to verse, 20, and verse 9, and then I'm going to break this down. And then we're done. We're going home, and we're going to kill it, though, before we go. All right? And at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gebeth Harloth. And now this is why he did so. Watch. Why? Why did he cut it off? Watch. Now, this is why I did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all of the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way of after leaving Egypt. I need y'all to go faster when I'm done, all right? All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. And the Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men were of military age when they had left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed God. Catch that. A whole generation wandered in disobedience and they died there. But now a new generation is arising and it says, For the Lord hath sworn to them that they would not see the land had he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. And they were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. 
Joshua is about to take, watch this, because this, I'm telling you, the, the, the significant prophetic message that God is speaking to y'all this morning is this, that God is about to take you somewhere that generations before you have longed to go. But because of their disobedience, they did not inherit it. But God is saying that if this generation that is under the sound of my voice, if you'll let me cut some things off of you and reestablish some covenant with you, I'll take you where your daddy prayed to go. You'll walk in the land that your grandma said was coming to the church. But you need to allow, catch this now, catch this. These men are 21 years old getting circumcised. Go ahead, man. You can cross your legs like, mm, mm, Jesus. Painful. Painful. Here, here's something incredible. The, the, the Gebeth Harloth, guess what that means? It means hill of the foreskins. That's what, that's, go, go check the translation. They were cutting the foreskins off of so many men that literally it was called the hill of the foreskins. Let's talk about something real quick. Let's talk about something real quick. Do you understand that in the case of circumcision, flesh has to be cut off. And when the flesh is cut off, there is a revealing that happens. I'm not trying to be perverted on y'all, but I am trying to be prophetic and make y'all understand that everything in your body has a spiritual significance to it. Watch this. God told Joshua, you got to cut their flesh off because I'm about to reveal something. I'm about to take you somewhere. I'm going to show you something that's been undercover. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so what we find is that when God wants to deal with a people of promise into a place, that there is a part of pain in the process. There is a cutting off that has to happen. Watch, go, go to verse 5. I want to show you something in verse 5. It says, All of the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. Catch this. This story is very true for many of us. We have come out of Egypt. Do you hear what I'm teaching this morning? See, Egypt is symbolic to a land of sin and slavery. All of us were at one time Pharaoh's captives. At one time, we were ruled by the principalities and the powers of the air. At one time, the, the prince of darkness held the keys of our life. But God sent a Moses by the name of Jesus into Pharaoh's camp. And he said, let my people go. And he performed signs. And he performed wonders. And they marveled for surely this man is the son of God. And he established us in the way. And he began to walk us out of sin. But I need you to catch something. A lot of us... We can come out of sin but still be in the flesh. Hey, 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 hey. And so all these people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey had not. Watch. There will be things born on your journey that need to be cut. See, a lot of us, we get saved and we think that's it. We get saved and then we think, okay, we're good. Can I tell you that there is a constant cutting of conviction. when you're you, you don't get to say, hey, I'm saved and still be a drug addict. There comes a moment where it's got to be cut off. Here, teetotal moment of transparency for you. I was saved. I got saved. Real good and saved. 
But after I got saved, I still like to drink a little. On the weekends, you know, I, I go party a little bit. I only did it on Friday, so in case the old ladies hugged me on Sunday, they didn't smell the alcohol on me from Saturday night. Oh, y'all real saved. I'm sorry. And so there were things in my life, but watch this. As I journeyed, God cut them off. And the desire to do those things wasn't as prominent as it first was. What was it? Things that were being born along my journey still had to be cut. I love the fact that it says it's a journey. Do you hear it? It's a journey. And what you need to understand today, you're under the sound of my voice, but you're on a journey. Oh my God, let me help somebody. You're not who you were 10 years ago. But you're not who you're going to be 15 years from now. I may not be where I want to be, but I sure ain't where I was when he found me. There's still some things that he's cutting. There's still some things that he's removing. There's still some cleansing that's having to happen. And I'm okay with it. See, there were people that needed to be cut. Let me tell you something. On your journey, there will be people that need to be cut. See, there were habits that need to be cut. We'll find out that on our journey, there will be habits that need to be cut. Can I tell you that when you're on this journey, there will be things that seems like you have permission for in one season, but in another season, you'll feel totally convicted about them. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's going to work in your life, and he's going to cut it off. He's going to cut it off when you're mature enough. See, because he doesn't want the pain to kill you. He wants the pain to produce you. See, so we got to walk through some certain, certain seasons of cutting when we are mature enough to receive the cutting so that we'll heal quicker. Yeah, yep. Beautiful putt on par nine right there. Glory to God. Whole nine. Sorry, par three. Um, then we'll find out, though, that there's places that need to be cut. See, there's places that I used to go that now if I go, I have conviction about being there. There's... Here, let me get real old school for you. There's shows I used to watch that if I watch them, I get convicted watching them. What's the Holy Spirit doing? Snip, 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 snip. And all the while he's doing, while he snips, he's revealing, revealing, revealing more of the head. Who's the head? Christ. Revealing more of Christ in me, more of Christ in me, more of Christ in my life, more of Christ in my relationship, more of Christ in the places I go, more of Christ in everything that I do. The revealing of Christ in my life. But he's got to cut the flesh. He's got to cut the skin. He's got to cut. We're out of Egypt. We're on a journey. But there's a cutting that still needs to happen. Verse 7 said, go to verse 7 for me real quick. I want to teach on this and then I'm almost done. It said in verse 7, it says, So he raised up their sons in the place. And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. And they were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Listen. They had not been circumcised, but they were on the way. Do you hear that? Because let me encourage some people that maybe you're dealing with stuff this morning and you don't like it, you hate it, and you wonder why it's there. Can I encourage you on the fact that, hey, it may not have been cut yet, but you're on the way? Come on. It may not have been cut yet, but I'm on the way. When they look at you and you professing Jesus and got a marble light hanging out of your mouth, tell them, bro, hey, listen, I'm on the way. 
I'm on the way. I may not smell like your perfect Christian. I may not talk like your perfect Christian. I may not look like your perfect Christian, but my God, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. I'm not in Egypt anymore. My feet have the sand of destiny and promise on them. I know what it's like to journey in the way. I may not be everything you want me to be, but I'm on the way. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm on the way. There's still cutting that has to happen, but I'm on the way. See, in this walk, there will be flesh that has to be cut while you walk. Like I told you, when I first got saved, there were things that I still slipped and said. There were still things that I slipped and did. There's still things that I slipped and, and, and went to. But there comes a time that he says, I got to deal with it because I want to do something in your life and it can't be there while it, while, while I can't be there while it's there. But see, I found this out on my walk. It's a journey. Stand with me all over the house. It's a process. And I'm confident, listen to me, I'm confident that I am not who I was 15 years ago. I am confident that I am not who I was 20 years ago. But I'm also confident that I am not yet all that he has called me to be. There's still a work, there's still a cutting. And if God has his finger on something in your life and he's telling you, hey, cut it off, can I encourage you this morning? Deal with the pain and let him cut it off. Because I believe that there is something incredible in this season, something supernatural God wants to release. But I also believe that it and you can't go at the same time. I believe there has to be a turning and a moving into what God has called you to do. See, many of these men were grown men. And they instantly came to Joshua to be circumcised. Why? To cut it off. See, because Joshua told him, listen, for us to go, it's got to be cut. And so you understand that these men willingly came to Joshua for cutting. See, and I believe that there's something significant about that, that if we'll come to Jesus... And we'll come with an open heart and say, God, you see what I'm carrying. You see what I'm doing. You see where my mind is. You see where my hands are. You see where my eyes are. Jesus will do the cutting. And then he'll also be the implement of healing in our lives that we can be restored and we can be replenished and we can be revived and we can go forward and inherit the land that's just on the other side. But there's a cutting off that has to happen. They endured the pain because they knew that the pain would give way for permission to enter the promise. I don't know who you are this morning, but I can tell you this message was preached to me before it was ever preached to you. And I understand that we all have it in our life. But if I can cut it off, and on the other side of it, I am promised a permission 
to walk in something I've never seen before. Is it not worth it? Listen to me. I know there's things that you would hate to lose, that there's things you would hate to give up. But would it not be worth it if promise was just on the other side? I wonder today what it is, but I don't need to know. But what is it that needs to be cut off from your life? What is it that's stopping you, distracting you, turning you away from the way that God has called you to walk in? See, while many of you may not want to let it go, it's attached to you, and it needs to be cut off. See, and the temporary pain will give way to an incredible amount of permission and promise. I want to do something this morning that if you're here and you've got something that you feel like is holding you back, maybe you, listen to me, I'm not going to ask you what it, what it is, but if the finger of God has been on you during this message and you're saying, okay, God, I hear you, it's got to go. Will you come to this altar right now? Come on, you're on a journey. You're just saying it's got to go. Come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm standing on this altar just so we're clear. I'm standing on it. I'm standing on it. There are things in every one of our lives that we hate that it's there. And we want it gone. Hey, Allah, But I want to do a prophetic act this morning. I want to do something I really felt led to do. And uh, LT, Will, where are you at, Will? Come here. Y'all can, y'all, you, you can be on the altar, but this is what I want to do. Stand on one side and hold that. One side says it. One side says you. And this morning I'm believing by the Spirit of God that there is a cutting away from it and you. And as I do this, hey, hi, as I do this, it's going to be a prophetic act that not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, that the many it is leaving our lives so that we can be the you he called us to be. So today, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord, we speak to it and we say, today, you are done. Today, you have held us long enough. Today, we are moving forward, not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, shout right now. Believe the Lord. Believe the Lord. Believe the Lord. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's no more. It's no more in Jesus' name. It's just going to be you. It's just going to be you. It's just going to be you. Take it from me, Lord. Take it from me, Lord. Take it from me, Lord.